Here are seven different things you can look at inside your clinic to encourage diversity and growth, personal, professional and financial, as well as ways to get a better response from your job advertisements. You're listening to Paws, Claws and Wet Noses, the vet podcast celebrating all creatures, great and small, and the fantabulous professionals who look after them all. Paws, Claws, Wet Noses is powered by Vet Staff, New Zealand's number one specialist recruitment agency that helps veterinary professionals find jobs in clinics where they're excited about going to work on Monday mornings. Vetstaff.co.nz Welcome to episode 118. I'm your show host, Julie South. Before I start today's episode, I want to give a huge acknowledgement to the strength being displayed across the Upper North Island of New Zealand right now. Some people and regions are doing it much harder than others. Not everyone now has a roof over their head or even floor a floor under their feet, or power or water. Isabel on our team has been without running water since Friday night, and her electricity supply is intermittent, but she's safe and dry, and for that we are very, very grateful. Alan and I drove back from Taranaki on Saturday. We drove around fallen trees and collapsed banks, through flooded roads and past fields that looked like lakes. This was all in the Waitomo area, which is also in a state of emergency. It was both scary and concerning, all the people and the animals that have been displaced. So, kia kaha, New Zealand, kia kaha. Now, on to today's show. There's been a bit of jargon bandied around the recruitment and HR worlds over the last few years of DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. If you're doing an eye roll right now, that could be for one of two reasons. The first is that you believe everyone on your team brings their unique talents already to the team from all walks of life and backgrounds. In other words, what's the big deal about DEI? Because you're already being inclusive. It's already part of your clinic's DNA. The second reason is because you could think it's just another fad the world is going through and that people who are most like each other, who are most alike, work best together. You like the team the way it is, thank you very much, and you don't want anyone who's remotely different on it. When it comes to including, say, different biological genders on your team, they won't fit in, so what's the point? Today... I want to look at some DEI, diversity, equity and inclusion language and how that plays out in your clinic to either encourage inclusion or to create greater, more pronounced divides. Here are seven different things you can look at inside your clinic to encourage diversity and growth personal, professional and financial, as well as ways to get a better response from your job advertisements. The first one is to let's ditch the need to label diversity and inclusion as a thing. 
My sister-in-law's husband is of Māori descent, which means her kids have access to all sorts of educational privileges, and I use that term in air quotes, that their friends of non-Māori descent don't have. She is staunchly passionate about her kids being treated in the education system exactly the same way as her daughter's friends. She doesn't want her kids ever wondering whether they've been selected for anything, and it doesn't matter what they've been selected for, because of their ethnic diversity, or because they work damn hard and deserve to be selected on their own, not their biological merits. The same concern could be happening at your clinic. Do you want anyone on your team wondering whether they've been selected to join you because they're, say, a different biological gender to everyone else on your team, or because ethnically they're unique, in air quotes, in your clinic? Imagine what it must be like wondering whether you've been hired because you're the person that helps your clinic meets its diversity goals. That'd be awful, absolutely awful. And if they didn't suffer from it already, it'd be a prime case for developing imposter syndrome. If they didn't have it before they were hired, they could very easily end up with it after. Therefore, instead of talking about diversity, which emphasizes differences, start referring to belonging. Belonging encourages everyone to buy in and support each other. Striving for belonging and inclusion needs to be part of your clinic's DNA in everything you do, not just when you have to reach a diversity quota. Number two, create an interruption-free culture. I talked a couple of weeks ago about groupthink biases, and if you haven't listened to those biases, go back and listen to episodes 114 and 115. By having an interruption-free culture, you're giving everyone the ability to speak up and not get shot down, either through outright individual prejudices or through groupthink biases. Anyone who's experiencing imposter syndrome could possibly feel like their opinion doesn't count or it doesn't matter. Or nurses might feel like their opinion doesn't hold any sway with vets. Or someone who's maybe carrying a few kilos more than they feel comfortable with. Or someone who's in the ethnic minority. I'm sure you get the picture. Anyone who's different could be feeling or experiencing or have their own thing going on with imposter syndrome around a whole bunch of things. It doesn't have to be around academic qualifications. So please make sure at your team meetings that everyone has the opportunity to have their say without fear of being interrupted or shot down. If necessary, ensure you have a time for let's hear from everyone around the table type opportunity for everyone to speak. Go from person to person, and this will be up to whoever's chairing or leading the meeting. Go from person to person, ensuring each has had the opportunity to contribute and their opinion be included. There's that word again, included. It's a variation of inclusion. Number three, pronouns. Just as someone, this is not a fad, just as someone's name is important to them, so is their pronoun. If you spend any time on LinkedIn, you'll have noticed that some people 
have identified themselves by and through and with a pronoun. Let's look at those. And if you're unsure what a pronoun is, it's he, she, they, him, her. Let's look at those in a bit more detail so you can help the individuals on your team feel included and respected because people understand the pronoun they want to use. Here's a bit of a one-on-one on pronouns. As veterinary professionals, and we're going to do some gender speak as well, as veterinary professionals, some of this will be self-evident, while others, it may all be new to you. Sex refers to a person's biological status and is typically assigned at birth, usually on the basis of external anatomy. Sex is typically categorised as male, female, or intersex. Gender is often defined as a social construct of norms, behaviours and roles that vary between societies and over time. Gender is often categorised as male, female or non-binary. Gender identity is one's own internal and personal sense of self and their gender. This can be man, woman, neither or both. Unlike gender expression, gender identity isn't outwardly visible to others. For most people, gender identity aligns with one's biological sex, that is, their sex assigned at birth. For transgender people, however, their gender identity differs in varying degrees from their sex assigned at birth. Gender expression is how a person presents gender outwardly through behaviour, clothing, voice or other perceived characteristics. Societal labels and cues for gender expression are masculine or feminine. Cisgender, spelt C-I-S, gender, or simply cis, is an adjective that describes a person whose gender identity aligns with the sex they were assigned at birth. Cisgender is a preferred term over biological gender. Transgender, or simply trans, is an adjective used to describe someone whose gender identity differs from the sex assigned at birth. A transgender man, for example, is someone who was listed as female at birth, but whose gender identity is male. Cisgender and transgender have their origins in Latin-derived prefixes of cis and trans. Cis means on this side of, and trans means across from or on the other side of. Both adjectives are used to describe experiences of someone's gender identity. Non-binary is a term that can be used by people who do not describe themselves or their genders as fitting into the categories of man or woman. A range of terms are used to describe these experiences and they include non-binary and genderqueer. Those are a couple of terms that you may have been or may have heard already be familiar with. Agenda, agender, agenda is an adjective that can describe a person who does not identify as any gender. Gender expansive is an adjective that can describe someone with a more flexible gender identity that might be associated with a typical gender binary. Gender transition. 
Gender transition is a process a person may take to bring themselves and or their bodies into alignment with their gender identity. This is a multi-step process. Transitioning, for example, can include any, none or all of the following. It can include telling one's family, one's friends and co-workers, changing one's name and pronouns, updating legal documents, medical interventions such as hormone therapy and or surgical intervention, which is often called gender confirmation surgery. Gender dysphoria refers to psychological distress that results from an incongruence between one's sex assigned at birth and one's gender identity. Not all trans people experience dysphoria and those who may do may experience it at varying levels of intensity. Gender dysphoria is a diagnosis listed in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Some argue that such a diagnosis inappropriately pathologizes gender incongruences, while others contend that a diagnosis makes it easier for transgender people to access necessary medical treatment. Sexual orientation refers to the enduring physical, romantic and or emotional attraction to members of the same and or other genders, including lesbian, gay, bisexual and straight orientations. People don't need to have had specific sexual experiences to know their own sexual orientation. They need not have had any sexual experience at all. They need not be in a relationship, dating or partnered with anyone for their sexual orientation to be validated. For example, if a bisexual woman is partnered with a man, that does not mean she is not still bisexual. Sexual orientation is separate from gender identity. Transgender people may be straight, lesbian, gay, bisexual or queer. For example, a person who transitions from male to female and is attracted solely to men would typically identify as a straight woman. A person who transitions from female to male and is attracted solely to men would typically identify as a gay man. Intersex is an umbrella term for differences in sex traits or reproductive anatomy. Intersex people are born with these differences or develop them in childhood. There are many possible differences in genitalia, hormones, internal anatomy or chromosomes compared to the usual two ways that human bodies develop. Being intersex is not the same as being non-binary or transgender which are terms typically related to gender identity. Intersex is the I in the LGBTQIA plus community, the rainbow community. Therefore, now that you know all of this, which you mightn't have been aware of when you woke up this morning, you can hopefully see how important it is to use the correct pronouns for trans and non-binary people on your team. And just in case you were wondering, I am straight female and I am she and her. It's your clinics and your team's way that you can let them know that they sit, that you see them, that you affirm them, you accept them, and you let them know that they are respected and included on your team. Number four, have and provide unisex, gender neutral, and all gender toilets and signage. 
As you've probably realized from the pronoun segment just then, gender identity, or just now, before, earlier, gender identity is a spectrum. Yet toilet restroom signage is historically male or female. It's binary. There's a stick figure of a person wearing a dress or not. For non-binary and transgender people in your clinic, gender-neutral bathrooms and restrooms can help them feel more included because it means they don't have to choose between one of two binary options. And just in case you were wondering, there is a difference between unisex and gender-neutral. Gender-neutral facilities mean all genders share the same space for waiting and hand-wash facilities. Unisex, or universal, these toilets are dedicated, self-contained toilets with each where each have their own hand basins and therefore maintain privacy for the single user. Even if your clinic has multi-stall bathrooms that require gender binary labels, you can still create signage and an atmosphere that's more inclusive to everyone. Rather than have the stick image labels that show that it's either female or not, you can have images of what's on the other side of the door. For example, it could be a urinal or a toilet or one that has wheelchair, is wheelchair accessible. This makes it easy for people to choose inclusion without feeling diversely different. Number four, update your application forms with inclusive language. The New Zealand Bill of Rights Act makes it unlawful to ask questions that can be potentially discriminating, for example, race and religious beliefs. But one question you could add in is someone's pronoun identity as an option. An inclusion question is pronoun identity. If you're going to include that as an option, there is a good way of doing it, a better way than a not so good way of doing it. So what you can say on the form is at, with your clinic's name, we know that language matters and we want to use the right personal pronouns in our hiring conversations. So that's all you need to say. You could, and the opposite of that would be to avoid saying something like indicate your preferred pronouns. I know that you think that you're being inclusive with something like that, but when you use the word preference, you're denigrating it to something that is, you're denigrating something that is someone's core identity. So pronouns aren't preferred. They're way people actually relate to themselves. I hope that makes sense. Number five, B, don't do. Ditch the cliches. Are you trying too hard by going overboard demonstrating your clinic's commitment to diversity, equity, belonging and inclusion? I'd love to see that your clinic be that, that you are already inclusive. You're being inclusive as in as part of your DNA, your clinic's DNA. Or are you doing it? Is everything you do, everything you say, all about being DEI. Therefore, you're trying too hard. Trying too hard could look like you're being trite. And dear, I say it, even woke. Please, just make it part of respecting everyone's right to be included as a unique individual human beings and get on with it. You want to avoid the case of the woman doth protest too much, methinks scenario. 
you don't have to go overboard with all the rainbow colours. It's actually still okay to stick with your own Clinique's brand palette and designs. Number six, eliminate biased language from your job advertisements. Building a more balanced clinic begins with changing the way you recruit. This means you need to rework your application forms and your online DNI messaging, diversity and inclusion messaging, to be more intentionally inclusive. And it's just one step in that organic process. You also need to ensure all your job posts, your recruiting emails and other recruitment comms are appealing to prospective veterinary professionals from all backgrounds. You can start by finding and modifying any problematic gendered language in your job descriptions. For example, instead of saying the lead vet will lead his or her team, it's pretty cumbersome, it's pretty wordy, try instead the lead vet will lead their team. Take out all the his and hers, he and hims, and make it their and they. And just so you know, in case it's doing your head in, according to the Merriam-Webster dictionary, it's okay for they to be used in the singular. What's harder than weeding out all the gender-specific wording is, though, the implicit language in your job advertisements and descriptions. So I've talked about this before. Please go back and listen to episodes 114 and 115 for more on that. The final one, aim for equity. Number seven, equity is not the same as equality. Equity in the workforce or the workplace in your clinic is all about offering all employees and potential employees, so job seekers and job candidates as well, the same opportunities while taking into account their individual needs for specific support or resources. There's a great image, and I will share it on VetStar's website and our socials for you to have a look at, which perfectly depicts the difference between equality and equity. I'll do my best to give you a visual, a mental visual now. Imagine you're in the theatre or you're watching a sports game in a stadium. Equality is where your entire team all sits at the same level. Some people will be able to see better than others because some are taller for others. It means, for example, that you don't have the owners or the directors in the corporate box and everyone else out in the bleachers. You're all sitting on the same level of seating. Equity would be where everyone's still or sitting on the same level, but because you've got some people who don't have the luxury as being as tall as everyone else and can't see, they get booster seats so that they can still be, they can still see what everyone else sees, what the more average height colleagues, the taller colleagues who are sitting beside them can see. I will put, as I said, the image of that on the website which is vetstaff.co.nz. And on our socials, we are vetstaff.nz. So here's those seven again in summary. Number one, ditch the diversity and inclusion label. Labeling, make it part of your DNA. Just be it, don't do it. Create interruption-free SOPs so everybody gets a chance to speak. Check for your pronoun identity. Give it priority for everyone. Have neutral restroom labels. B, don't do. I mentioned that just now. Ditch the cliches. 
eliminate biased language in your job advertisements, job advertisements and aim for equity. And remember, being inclusive is an ongoing process. It's organic. It's not a quick fix. One size fits all. You need to ensure that your team doesn't suffer from diversity fatigue where eye rolling starts to become the norm. Clinics that genuinely care and who put the people first will always be on the lookout to make sure that their team is being inclusive of everyone. I hope you found this interesting and helpful. Remember, if you'd like some unconscious bias training for your team, it doesn't have to be just for those who are doing interviews. Unconscious biases kick in where people interact with others. Please get in touch because this is something that we can help you with. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please hit that follow button. It is free and we'd love it if you gave us a five-star review wherever you're listening to it right now. Why? Because it makes a huge difference to helping the search algorithms serve it up for others to listen to. Thank you heaps. This is Julie South signing off and in thank and thanking you for spending the last half an hour or so with your of your life with me. I'm now inviting you to go out there and be the most fantabulous version of you can be, of you that you can be. Kia kaha, kakete ano, God bless. Paws, claws, and wet noses is sponsored by Vet Staff. If you've never heard of Vet Staff, it's New Zealand's only full-service recruitment agency, 100% dedicated to the veterinary sector. Vet Staff has been around since 2015 and works nationwide from Cape Reinga to the Bluff and everywhere in between. As well as helping Kiwis, vet staff also helps overseas qualified veterinarians find work in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Vetstaff.co.nz. 